But if history's taught us anything, it's that you can kill anyone. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out. Just my enemy. That's it. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author. I am here with the Fozzie Bear. Hello, hello, Fozzie here. Pumped, pumped, and shasty. Wow. You like that? I love that intro. Yeah, the true master. (laughs) You guys can't see it yet, but all the intros we've been doing, it's all live. Yep. Slapping together. All original. Yeah, Yeah, all live. Crush mixes all this stuff as we go. So, we're going to do some producing tonight for you boys. I'm I'm (laughs) pumped for. One of the greatest movies ever, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yep. Before oh, we get to the film, so our faithful listeners will know that we covered Godfather 1 as one of our early episodes. So we are revisiting the series and we're going to talk about Godfather 2. Sticking with the vein that we uh, that we plugged for the first one, we got a couple of wines today. We have a, a cab and a red blend. The first one that we cracked open was the Hope's End Red Blend. It is an Australian blend. So it's got, uh, it's uh, Syrah and Zin up front. Those are the primary two. Ah, the nose feel. It's delicious. Mm, This is very good. This is one of my favorite red blends. A little tobacco on the nose. Mm, Woody. So That's Hope's good. End is a, is a very full wine. Mm. Um, Chocolatey. Yeah. Yeah, Get there's a chocolate. lot of flavor in there. Cherry. Get the wood at the back end. It lingers. Damn, Greg's good at this. <laughs> good job, Fazma. I've had to do this a few times. Mm. Was it a sommelier? It just tastes sexy to me. Sommelier. It tastes real sexy to mm. me. Very cherries up front. Yes. Red, deep yeah, cherries. Yeah, so one of the wines that's blended in is a cherry wine. Yeah. No, this is good. This is real good. I love this brand. Mm. Um... The, we're, we got another Hope's End for later, but that'll be our cab. But again, getting a little bit of tobacco towards the back end kind of burns the throat just in a good, and just mm-hmm. tickles it in a good way. So the, good. the 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 difference Silky. between between this episode and, and Godfather One is I I popped this bottle open about 15 20 minutes ago and let it breathe a little bit. We're gonna have to invest in an aerator, an aerator, in a, a decanter of some sort or something. You know, we can we can rock that out. <laughs> All right. If all you Patreons full, full keep... disclosure, I'm a big wine fan, so I might get a little loose later oh, on. Oh, that's okay, Josh. You've all heard me. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes before we get to the meat and potatoes. So Godfather 2 was released in 1974, two years after Godfather 1. It was also co-written by... Uh, Coppola and Puzo. Two years. That's quick. Yeah. Turn around. So they, they pretty much had it all, all written, but couldn't put a six-hour movie. Yeah. Together. So while they were right, while they were finishing up Godfather One, Puzo was starting uh, the screenplay for Godfather Two. He wanted it to be a little bit different because I guess the story that that he was trying to tell is very similar to Godfather One, but he wanted to juxtapose uh, Vito's rise up against. Michael's fall. So the original title for this movie was "The Death of Michael Corleone." Oh, yeah. So the studio well, they can't give away it all like that right up front. Well, <laughs> Nobody would go. Do, I, do I really? Do, does it really give anything away? I guess. Um, 
So the studio was on board with that title. However, uh, Coppola wanted to wanted to use you know Godfather Part Two. Um, he stood his ground on it, and it is the first uh, the first film to do that to have Part Two in the title, and it started the trend. The so, sequel mm-hmm. was a prequel. So yeah, like, that's also yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the this is the first sequel in, in in film history that that has the original title Part Two. Most of the time, you had that's crazy. Yeah, like the Gator movies. They're not Gator and then Gator Two. It's mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. That's kind of cool though, yeah, yeah. as far mm-hmm. as the uh, sequel and prequel in the same movie. It's a parallel storyline, so it, yeah. it's like a, it's like a division side. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's and we'll get into this. There's a very strong dichotomy between those two stories. Realistically, what we have in front of us is two films. So naturally, this this movie is a, a, a significantly longer than than the first film. Um, Godfather One clocks in just under three hours. This movie comes in at three hours and twenty minutes on the dot. It's four hours with a couple bathroom breaks and a couple <laughs> yeah, of right. yeah. cocktails. Yeah, there's there's even an intermission in the middle, so yeah. that like you know that in the in the movie theater <laughs> yeah. they're like you're gonna want to go, go take, take a shit. <laughs> um, go, so a deuce. They had a budget of thirteen point uh, or thirteen million dollars, and they made back forty seven point seven domestic box office, and overall it landed somewhere between uh, fifty and eighty million dollars total. <laughs> Um, this is also the first sequel that was that won the Best Picture award. The American Film Institute ranks it at the th- as the thirty second greatest American film ever made, which is crazy being a sequel because that does yeah. not happen. Yeah. yeah, the these these two films bang like yep. hard, and yep. people knew it right away. Um, the last thing I've got here is Clemenza, the character from the first movie, uh, was supposed to be the informant character in this movie, but he had a little bit of a disagreement over, surprisingly, not his paycheck, but he wanted to be allowed to write his dialogue, and the studio wasn't going to budge. So they basically <laughs> rewrote the character as someone new, and that's how we got uh, Frank Petrangelina. Okay. Whatever, the, the, the informant in this movie. Frank. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Clemenza <clears throat> goes back to, like, Vito, right? Like, in the his original neighborhood. Uh, yeah, they have a like a side a sideways mention or, or sideways uh, 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 comment about Clemenza when where he is, but he's not he doesn't feature in any way. Um, Vito was also supposed to show up, but um, I I, <laughs> I guess going back to the story of the first movie, um, Brando got into a fight with Paramount, and he was supposed to show up and film for one day, and he blew them off. So the day of shooting, Coppola had to rewrite the scene that Vito was going to be in, and they have him show up off camera. And that's the very like that that very last scene in the in the movie where they're all gathered around the dinner table. It's like Vito's birthday, yeah. and then they the whole family goes to the front door and they they sing "He's a Jolly Good Fellow" to Vito while the camera stays on Michael. Mm. So yeah, fucking Marlon Brando, <laughs> notoriously difficult actor. Yep. We talked about that before, too. <laughs> but I mean, having Bobby Money in there too, like right. so young so too. Young. It's like I mean, that's, that's that's you're almost glad that happened. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, so it, it, it to it bring out. to bring in Bobby Money. I'm not even going to go over characters because he's like the only one, new one. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to skip that part of this of this movie. Mm-hmm. But if, are you are you rocking a speed review on this one? Yeah, I can do a speed summary here All real right. quick. Hell right. oh, yeah. I'm gonna grab this uh, nice glass of this, chocolate. This, 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 this movie. All right, ready? Start the clock. This movie is about Michael Corleone killing a lot of people. And 
and Vito Corleone becoming the Godfather. The end. Oh, that was that was quick, Josh. Oh, we got a sample in there. You're, we got you're really you're really getting the hang of this one. Wow! Uh, damn, we didn't even plan that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm I'm gonna break down this this. Uh, oh, there's more. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I'm just I, unfortunately, I would love to leave it on that that quick summary because I'm very proud of it. But for those of you that haven't seen the movie in a while, I'll break it down a little bit more cohesively. Um, so I'll focus on Michael first, and I'll do Vito second. Okay. Um, so the story opens up with Michael, uh, firmly established as the Godfather, and uh, he's he's wheeling and dealing, trying to uh, cement his position in the Las Vegas casinos. There's some Mickey Mouse nightclub somewhere. <laughs> and he's very much the character he was in the last scene of the first film. He's very cold, very calculated, and he's dark. Um, and it starts to affect his relationships with his his capos. And uh, and with his family. Yeah. So there's the majority of the story is about a plot to have him killed and eliminated or killed and or eliminated um, and him trying to weasel his way out of it and take his revenge on the people that plotted against him. Uh, among those people were uh, his, his buddy in Cuba, um, his brother Fredo. And Fuck Fredo. Yeah. yeah and one of the guys that they set up in New York to take over the neighborhood when they moved to Las Vegas. Um, it all kind of culminates for Michael in much like the first film, he sets up a mass uh, takeover and a mass takeout. It doesn't quite go as well for him. Uh, he botches a couple of those killings and uh, the FBI starts to sniff around. He's able to weasel his way out of the out of the uh, indictments, but in the very last in his very last scene, you realize that Michael has no one left to turn to, and he has kind of burned way too many bridges. Now the parallel story is Vito Corleone, and it's uh, my favorite part his, of this. <laughs> his father. I love the so background of Vito. Vito so Vito's story picks up. Uh, he's he's like nine, and they are in Sicily. And his father insults the Don of their town. And the Don has his father killed. Shiochi? Shiochi? Chuchi? Chuchi. Something like that. Chichi. 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 Miguel, I'm Pardon me. The wine always does this to me. We got the Pepto on deck. Pepto on deck. So Vito's story. His father is killed. And then... Uh, his mother is pleading for his life, for, for Vito's life, in front of the Don, and uh, she makes a way for Vito to escape and run away, and she gets herself killed, so Vito is the only one left alive, and he makes his way to America. He adopts the town name of Corleone as his last name. Good old, El- good old Ellis Island. Getting citizenship just like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> and your name, and your identity. And you he's, go. He's kind Small of adopted by out. a. Uh, Seems so easy. By the by the neighborhood, he's raised by the by the people around him, and then it it kind of fast forwards to him as an adult, and I believe it's right after Sonny is born mm-hmm. that the the Don that uh, is in charge of his new neighborhood in New York is a prick, mm-hmm. and this Don uh, gets. Vito fired because he wants to you know, get a job for his nephew. So 
uh, Vito has to turn to crime with Clemenza and yeah. uh, Salazzo, right? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. saying before when I said Clemenza was his boy. Was oh, Mino's you're talking? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You are. Yeah, doing the I was highs, thinking old Clemenza. And yeah, the, and they do the the mm-hmm. heist that you're probably going to talk about right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'll I'll speed forward through the yeah. through the heist so we can talk about the that. The rug cause... really brought the room together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they they start a they, they start you know turning to a life of crime. They steal a rug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they don't pee on it. That's a different movie. Um, and they they start to make a little bit of money, make a bit of a living, and the Don kind of accosts Vito while he's making a, a, a dress delivery for his day job. Yeah. And uh, he demands a whole bunch of money as insurance. And Vito meets up with Clemenza and Salazzo, and he's like, it is Salazzo, right? Or is no? I'm not sure. I don't no. think so. It's the it's the tall guy that turns on him in, in Godfather One. Just so you guys you guys know, um, I'm getting his name wrong. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's Clemenza. Yeah, I don't have the character and the traitor from movie one. So they they're together from the beginning. Um, they decide they're only going to give uh, this this new Don a hundred dollars out of the money that they that they got from their crimes, and he. Uh, Stealing a truck full of yeah. dresses, stealing the Macy's truck. You, yeah, you got, his day job. You, you got, got balls. He ends up like respecting him a little bit, but you can tell he's going to come back and try to twist Vito, mm-hmm. and Vito recognizes yeah. that. Yeah. So Vito kills him during a festival, and he... <laughs> I'm going to love that. That sound effect is going to come <laughs> bang, in bang. so awesome. Um, so the next time we, we meet up with Vito, the neighborhood recognizes that he eliminated one of their biggest problems, and they start coming to him with their issues. Yeah. And this is where he starts to develop his, uh, uh, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse line. And it's funny because right there. In the, mm-hmm. in, in, when we reviewed the first movie, we were like, oh, that's the first time they say it. And it's like they allude to other times. Like, wait, yeah. no, but that was the real first time they say it. And <laughs> right. now, this, since this is like the prequel, it's like, all right. You said it to a, right, to a I'm slumlord. Not, I'm not yeah. so sure now, but this is like People in the street were probably prior. talking. It's, it's, that, it's that fucking asshole who kept saying we're going to make me an offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his catchphrase with all the oranges and fruit and stuff. <laughs> right. I'll make you an offer. Citrus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. There's so many fruit stands in Vito's scenes. Yeah, I love it. Apples. It's amazing. There's, there's a pig st- or a pork store. Did yeah. you see that? And he brings home that pear. Sorry, right. we're cutting. We're, 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 we're cutting. Way up. I'm sorry. We're getting way up. No, we're all doing it. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> it's a red wine episode. It's, yeah, it's, Josh is drinking wine. I am. I love wine. Mmm. Wet my whistle here. All right. So, Vito establishes himself as someone who he'll he'll do you a favor, and he wants you to remember. But he'll if you do him a favor. He'll always oh, remember. Always remember. He taps his taps his temple. He'll in a real forget. cool way, like with his yeah. palm. He'll, he'll always remember. Yeah. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm smart. <laughs> um, so over time, we we kind of get moments where the boys are born, and we meet Fredo, and we we find out real quick that Fredo was you know sickly from the beginning and stuff like that, um, and it's made very apparent that Michael was the favorite son. And right when he came to power, yeah. pretty much is when Mike was born. He kind of like mm-hmm. coddled and cuddled. He's like, yeah, that's that's my dog. Right. You're, right. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> so uh, Vito's story uh, continues. He, he, he rises in power. He opens up the olive oil company. And he's able to make a trip back to Sicily. Mm-hmm. And when he arrives in Sicily, he gets a face-to-face meeting with the Don that killed his family and he guts that motherfucker. It's so good. Yeah. Cuts him open. He's kills like, him. Yeah. He's like, say your say your name again. Endolini. 
and Nolini, and he says this is for my father. And, oh my yeah. goodness! From belly button <laughs> to like the top of the tit, it was glorious. Yeah, it's revenge. like it's like a foot and a half. And then he wipes cut. his hand all like he's like, "Fuck your blood, <laughs> take it back, bitch." Sorry, I keep doing it. So, this no, you're fine. You're fine. Up. I'm we're, we're getting close to the end of the review here, and that's movie. that's kind of where I'll end it. Is is Vito <laughs> comes back to the states, and he's now the Don. The There's Don. some other stuff that happens, but for the most part, that's Vito's story arc for this mm-hmm. for this movie. Yep. So where do you want to start, Michael's side or Vito's side? It's, the movie starts in Michael. I think I think we should. Well, the movie starts we, with Vito. Should we? Well, yes. Yeah. Should we go parallel? Bounce back, or should we? We can we can jump around to be All quite right, honest. Because the the first thing I want to talk about is breaking down that, like I said, the dichotomy between those two stories. Mm-hmm. Because Vito is, even though he commits crimes and he is a he is becoming a mafia boss, he's still very clearly a respectable and dignified, and compassionate, mm-hmm. and a family he's a good man. man. Yeah, he's a good man. He never set out to do these mm-hmm. things. That, that's kind of funny though, and in, in that parallel aspect. Vito didn't ever want mm-hmm. Michael to be involved with this yeah. kind of stuff. He kind of made that turn, you know, when they in Godfather One, where they yeah. no drugs, this, that, and the other, and, and he went to the military anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that that you know, sidled up with you know Michael basically not having an arc. Michael is just evil in every scene he's he in. He took it over. He really you can't. Uh, you can't well, I'm sure you can, but I could not have any sympathy for Michael mm-hmm. in this entire movie. Even when he's being quote unquote sympathetic, mm-hmm. he's just got that cold, it's, dead, it's Pacino dead look. Yeah, on exactly. His face. De- motionless, nameless, yeah. faceless, just black eyes all the way through kind yeah. of thing. Which is so crazy when we talk about Godfather One, where he had so much play as mm-hmm. far as his character analysis and and growth and Yeah. We spoke on that last mm-hmm. time for a long time. And this is just blatant I'm the boss Pretty much, I'm gonna flex my yeah. dick and say whatever I want to say to you guys and do whatever I want to do. I mean, he he's got his moments where he, mm-hmm. he he goes through the chain of command, but soon realizes that the chain of command is kind of fucking him too. And now, yeah, now he's kind of like fuck everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, even, he doesn't want to kill everybody, just all of his enemies. He's got a lot of fucking even enemies. Early on, early on in the movie, you wipe everybody out. I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. Just my enemies. Exactly what I was getting into about yeah. Tom. Early in that movie, um, yes, he meets during his son's communion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the senators there, and you know they they meet, and the senator kind of was like, "I I, I do what I got to do, mm-hmm. but you guys are scum. Your yeah. family's your family's dog shit. I'm yeah. not going to work with you. I don't I don't I don't work with you with these kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then when he meets with the senator, he says, "These people are my family, and mm-hmm. whatever. I, I they would die for me. I died for them. Mm-hmm. Nobody leaves." So he's yeah. got all of his homies. And then he meets with, I forgot who, but the next scene is like, Tom only handles certain mm-hmm. aspects of the family business, so I'm going to yeah. ask Tom to leave. And Tom is the mm-hmm. consigliere and a huge part of this family. Yeah, and he's even, number two. Even, even later in this movie, mm-hmm. he gives him the reins as he as he has to go back mm-hmm. and also calls him a brother. And, and Tom yeah. says, like, that's all I ever wanted from you. Okay, I'm going to pause you right there. That was possibly... The most diabolical thing Michael does in this entire movie. He's got a few. <laughs> he, yeah. So recognize, recognize how heavy that moment is for me yeah. to say that. Because like, he knows. Tom just wants to be part of the family. Tom knows that he was adopted. Tom mm-hmm. knows that he's not a made man. And he's a mick, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's like... He, it, so all Tom wants is to be family. And 
Michael abuses that and he manipulates Tom by saying, "You're my brother. You've always been yeah, my brother." Later in the movie, you know? yeah, yeah. And and he gets what he wants out of Tom the same way he gets what he wants out of people he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And it is the most despicable thing. Yeah. Like I I almost spat at my TV when he said it. Like, <laughs> Fuck you, Michael. You don't spit on the Don. <laughs> I, I What's he going to do? Especially now with red wine. <laughs> you're gonna hurt your I'm TV. Not, leave the gun. Take the cannolis. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I got backup gelato in there the were, truck. <laughs> Milk and eggs, bitch. Milk and eggs. <laughs> so this this wine, this dark wine, is kind of yes. like Michael's blood. He's a black <laughs> cherry picking asshole in this movie. He's, he's evil. You know what I mean? He, he is. truly is. Like you said in the in those shots where he's like super dark. Mm-hmm. Like we touched base on a little <clears throat> bit in the first episode, but it's like uh, Gordon Willis mm-hmm. was like the film director, the cinematographer, yeah. who he just would shine lights from. You know how the, yeah. the whole aesthetic is dark yeah. and evil, and that's what he wanted to represent. He was like backlighting the, a lot, right? Yeah. It's like the evil in the soul. And you see that throughout the whole, like even throughout mm-hmm. the first movie, Michael, like. In the the wedding in the beginning with yeah. Kay, like Very they're bright. they're both bright face. Yeah. Kay yeah, stays yeah. bright until that last scene, while Michael mm-hmm. gradually gets darker. Yeah, throughout. that's true. And that's it, that's a good. And, it, and it's really just up. it's really just putting a light uh, mm-hmm. behind the actor or above or on one side if, if the camera's yeah. like on a side yeah. view. You know, it, the point is to make half of your face mm-hmm. dark mm-hmm. To, to show like everybody has And that's secrets. like every meeting that every, he had. Every person has secrets in that mm-hmm. movie. You know what I mean? Like, well, no it's, it's, it showcases just how much Willis understood his craft. Like yeah. to be a cine- cinematographer in the early 70s and to know well, think coming, about out of the, coming out of the black and white era, the, right. knowing so how to use So think about light. this, coming out of black and white era in the 70s, it's mm-hmm. all it's all drive-in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. So when they was when he was producing this, all the big producers were like, we have a huge concern that this isn't going to be bright enough to play at a drive-in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that okay. was like how they would get the majority of whatever numbers you said in the beginning of this episode. Good point, Shossie. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that was like, like a real risk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it came out like... Any, yeah. any drama or like soap opera you see like does that. You yeah. know what yeah, I mean? You set the, like, set the tone, set the scene. They, yeah. 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 For sure. Well, it's, like, it, that's, that's awesome. huge. It yeah. definitely puts it in a different perspective. Like 40, almost $48 million in drive-in sales. That's fucking yeah, astounding. Yeah. You know, I guess we didn't even talk about that. That's a, like I said, Shasi, that's it's perfect. Yeah, which other movies up. we do are in the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't even, well, you don't even think about that nowadays. Like the, right. that was the... The reg that was mm-hmm. the, what people did. They go to the mm-hmm. drive-in, order a soda on their on their window. Yeah. I mean, and it, it could be it could be you know six o'clock when the yeah. sun is just going down. So you're really only being able to see a certain part. Yeah, you know, no, it's, it's that's, a risk. That's great. That's it's great. a risk. It was Makes almost sense. clairvoyant in, in in you know knowing that home video would come along, and that these these methods would be better appreciated in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I mean that's not saying this movie did poorly. I mean this movie did great for its time. Yeah. I mean, I think that calling a Godfather two was the right move because mm-hmm. you're bringing the clout from Godfather. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. it, you can't give away the whole end. You know what I mean? With, right. What did you say it was supposed to be called? Death Michael of, dies. Death of, <laughs> yeah, 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 Michael yeah. dies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Michael uh, falls, that, that, that's also going to be the last our last episode of the podcast is Michael dies. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Sorry, Shasti. Shasti dies. We can also add like to Halloween, you know, and other movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael dies. Maybe. <laughs> Michael so. dies again. The return. <laughs> the return. Yeah, right. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. So it 
Yeah, that, that's blowing my mind right now. I lost yeah. my train of thought just thinking. Well, I'm going to well, go. The, the even more mind blowing part is that like we could see the return. Like the last three concerts I went to were at drive-ins mm-hmm. or yeah. stadiums set up for movies and concerts. Mark so Ribolay like, is doing a ton of that. Yeah, yeah like that could even that uh, could be something even restaurants see, are so doing too. this on the side of their like they're putting up projections on the side of a mm-hmm. restaurant building like yeah. just to get yeah. that like just to drive business. So yeah, I guess we're taking a step back there, boys. But hey. I would I would go see Godfather too at yeah. any driving right now. I just <laughs> watch right, it, right, four hour sure. movie. I'm, I'd do it tomorrow. <laughs> Instead man. of an intermission, take a piss and order some apps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was all right. So the intermission, at least on the DVD, is very short. Do I didn't even they, notice it. It it lasts like less I guess than I thirty had seconds. Watched a downloaded version of it, but yeah, it may it may have been it may have been uh, mitigated mm-hmm. as as the. As the uh, versions have come out, mm-hmm. I have a I have like the DVD collection that came out right when DVDs started becoming a thing. Did so it come with one and two, and they left the third out, or did you get all three? I got a it's a, it was a package deal of one and two. Yeah, they also had the third, like the package with the third, and I was like, fuck that. <laughs> Mark, did they gotta pay me to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> I am I am not. Yeah, three sucks. We, We're we, not even gonna. We may. Mm, I guess like, maybe we, we, we may do like a. a we like a Patreon we episode like of three. about it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I really like the opening. It's as far as we talked about your in your speed review about mm-hmm. um, how shit kind of went down. Um, yeah. So you were talking about how um, Vito's dad was killed in Sicily mm-hmm. by um, this Don for insulting him, this, that, and the other, and it was pretty much his mom and himself going to the Don mm-hmm. and kind of pleading and. I don't know Italian, but I heard some certain words there that kind of sparked interest. And yeah. pretty much, I think what the Don was saying is like, he he says certain things that say he's gonna Wait. get he's gonna get older, and he's gonna get yeah. big, yeah. and he's gonna come for vengeance. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why he wanted. He's like, no, this isn't happening. We're we're, we're gonna kill him. Yeah, kind of thing. So that's when his mom. Well, even even before that, she's. Before she she makes that last ditch effort, she goes. He's slow. He's she she says dumb witted mm-hmm. instead of dim witted. So like, really lays it on thick that Vito is special needs mm-hmm. essentially. She's like he's he's. Yeah, that's Fredo. He's no, we'll she, she says that he's too dumb, <laughs> and it's and Fredo is too dumb. Yeah, Fredo is definitely too dumb. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm but smart, it, and I want respect. It makes me laugh because Vito is the smartest Corleone there's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Like of all the of all the Corleone men, he's well, think the about smartest. Like, think and, about like a, a, a um, cloning. You mm-hmm. know, you get pieces. So yeah. you got Sonny, who's the hothead. You got yeah. Fredo, who's the dildy. not using the R word. He's the dildy. dumbass. <laughs> and you got Michael, who's the smart guy, but now he's shown more Cor- towards very violence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's almost too smart. Vito, too smart. Well, you could almost make the comparison that Michael is gold. Gold is a very soft metal and can be manipulated. Ooh. And Ooh. Michael, Michael is gold. My nips like, got hard there, bud. Very... <laughs> Thank you. It's the wine. <laughs> I like turning you on. <laughs> um, Vito no, he's, turned he's, me on. He's golden. In the beginning, but yeah. he he gets manipulated. He's, yep. The heat comes up and he starts to. Well, melt. I think he wanted to be more like, so much like his dad. It like it was almost killing him. He his Marlon Brando during Godfather One was mm-hmm. very you know, monotone, mm-hmm. um, like just not emotion upfront. Yeah. Even though you know he cared because of his his statements, acts, and words, and yeah. 
So Michael was trying to emulate you don't that. Even I think. O- you don't even offer me coffee. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, well, you only cry. never. Yeah, you That's what, and that's what's cool about this too, that's is because dude. they brought up. We talked about his like. I always remember mm-hmm. when you do me a favor. Yeah, and that that is that's his thing. That's like that's the Corneone way. It's like you do a solid for me, I got your back for right. life, right? Until you fuck with me, and I think that's, you know, Michael warned Fredo before this whole thing went down, yeah. and he said. When he went to Las Vegas and, and, and met Mo Green and all this stuff, and he said, get these girls out of here, blah, blah, get the yeah. band out of here. And he's like, I, <laughs> I got it one day. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Like, I, I got to get out of here. And Is that Mo? I thought Mo Green died in the first one. Is it somebody else? No, I, he's, no, he's referring to the first one oh, before okay. he dies. Okay, it's yeah. when Michael first comes gotcha. in to, to tell. So there's, there's a parallel scene I'm forgetting. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Fredo is a piece of shit. Yeah. And Fredo just so, wants to be loved. Well, I know, but so Michael warned him and said, don't you ever go against the family. Mm-hmm. Not ever again. Well, okay. I'm going to pose a question. <laughs> I love it. Did, I love it. Did Fredo it. intentionally go against the family? Yes. I would disagree. On which time? He's done it like four times during In this, this flick. Well, no, it's it's all the same well, yes. betrayal. Dude, come on. You, you're telling me that you would do... You're no, talking about Michael Corleone here. Let's, and he's chosen a Las Vegas uh, mm-hmm. casino man that Michael wants to take over. And, and, There's some and, Mickey Mouse nightclub somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, like, who who put the hit on at, during like, the opening scene kind of thing? At, at, he didn't at the, know it was a hit. He says it like three times. He didn't know. Like, he was like... Let's remember, Fredo's stupid. Yeah, like he's he's not Michael just says he's it. not just <laughs> like he's a real da da. I'm not gonna hit the sample. <laughs> well, even in that in that scene, so Michael he, says, he may not have actually known. Like he may have thought that he was just. Do you remember that opening scene where like, after his his bedroom gets shot out with Kay in there and yeah. and everything, yeah. and he says right after that, he's like, if I know if I know anything, I know that these men are probably already dead, mm-hmm. so they can cover the so they covered their own ass. Yeah, but Fredo wasn't involved in that part. Do we really know that? Yeah, because Fredo's an idiot. There's no way he can plan that. You kidding me? I guess you're right. He couldn't. Man. He couldn't escape Cuba and stay away from his brother. He was found <laughs> right easily. That was yeah. just the Miami dude, right? The, so yeah, Mo, Mo, yeah. Bo Green is is in this movie and no, he's, 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 he's dead. He's dead. Okay, because they, they talk about the the dude in Miami, mm-hmm. the Jewish dude. He talks about him at at the end, like. Um, he tells the story of like when you basically when you killed Mo Green, I didn't say anything. I didn't say I heard. He looks at me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but okay, I didn't say okay. anything because business is business, okay, okay. and this is personal. And, the guy, yeah. and I didn't ask anything. And we're talking about Ola, Ola, yeah. the Miami guy. Yeah, okay. Jimmy Ola. Okay, yeah, or Johnny Ola, one of the two. Um, so yeah, that it was all Ola that orchestrated the. Hit. Yeah, that makes sense. Because Fredo, Fredo, I think he played a part. No, no an it, un. Unbeknownst to him, he played a part. He did, but it was unintentional. He so, probably it, just because Fred. I could see it being something that's not even a part of the script. Just mm-hmm. like Fredo being such a loud mouth, they know that that yeah party was going. So basically, what was the party going If you if you if you really pay attention to Fredo's dialogue in in the few scenes that they talk about it, yeah. Fredo knew that this guy was looking for an edge over Michael, but Fredo was under the understanding that. It was just to make a deal go through. Like he flat out says, yeah. we just want this deal to go through fast so that everybody can start they wanted the casino. Money. Right, right. Yeah. So Fredo doesn't know that they're going to try and kill his brother. 
Fredo doesn't know that they're going to try and steal from the family. But during he thinks ex- they're just trying to get a deal sealed. Yeah, I hear you there. You're right. He's not smart enough. <clears throat> Fredo's not a villain. He's but just an idiot. He, I'm I, saying I like guess. an idiot could cause he's that. Like, he's, I could see Fredo both sides is, of what Fredo you guys is, are saying. Fredo is sure. trash can man from the stand. <laughs> just accidentally sets off a nuke. I'm smart. <laughs> I'm smart. And I want my life for you. You're my kid brother, Mikey. And I want respect. I'm smart. <laughs> that's good. Cool that's Frankie boy. So, oh I mean, my god, Fredo just wants to be loved, and and Ola, you know, offered him some friendship or fake friendship that he couldn't tell the difference between that and the real thing. Right. Fre- Fredo's still a victim here. So we can talk about that scene nah, in Miami. Yeah, I don't think so really, because in my when when Mike finds out who the true traitor oh, is, it's, it's Fredo. Cuba. Yeah, I'm sorry. In in, in Havana. Me, I, th- I thought Year's, it was at the New Year's party. And so yeah, like, like, the, what, what would show. be like a Gwen St- or not Gwen Stefani, uh, Gloria St- Esteban or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, 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 that yeah. in the in the big club or whatever and and right before that like oh this is Jimmy Ola, you know, yeah. and he like looks and, and like oh, we've never met and then like 10 at minutes the later the donkey show. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> Great. This movie's getting better and better. <laughs> Like, I was waiting for you to, to like have that realization. Like, you know what we were watching? Great. Well, this. Wow. There's no way that thing's real. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, it's real. You know who told me about it is Jimmy Ola. You know, he told me. So he brought me here. So yeah. Mike realized yeah. as, as Fredo's being a big mouth son of a mm-hmm. bitch. But Mikey knew before that. But, but he, he confirmed knew. It at that he confirmed moment. Knew. Yeah, when, Michael knew when Fredo slipped up, and he's yeah. and he's that's after the he told him he never traitor. met him before. He, yeah, he, he, Fredo, he's Fredo blacklisted, black, blacklisted mm-hmm. from the family at that point. Yeah. Like Michael already knows he's got to go. You're nothing to me. Yep. Is a plane waiting for us to take us to Miami in an hour? Make a big thing about it. Right here, baby. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Gives him that big old kiss. The best kiss in Hollywood. <laughs> well, MTV's hottest we, kiss of the year. We watch a lot of movies with Al Pacino kissing people. Yeah. True, true, <laughs> true. Hey, is he Italian? I don't know. I mean, they all kiss each other. They time. practically make out every time they create each other. So it's like, it's but seriously, that, I mean, that, that scene has been redone. Reduxed mm-hmm. and revisited a million oh, times. Yeah. Simpsons did it. You broke my heart. You know, yeah. it's that he knew, and he, he he asked him to make a choice. He and knew. He made the wrong choice. It was you, Fredo. He knew. Yeah, mm-hmm. he fucking knew. So that's. I think that's one of the biggest parts of that movie. And then I also think that that the play on um, Ola and the the old man and old old man and. Uh, uh, Hyman. Hyman. Roth yeah. Hyman. Roth. Yeah, Roth. Yeah. Hyman, Hyman Roth. Roth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hyman. Hyman. That's how I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hyman comma Roth. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, Roth, yeah. Old, Here come the Lou Hyman. dudes. <laughs> <laughs> For all you Patreon subscribers, Lou dudes. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Sorry about that. I just had a... And the wine is flowing far to the mouth. I need but more wine. That was the oh, you know, it's a good, it's a good stopping point. Maybe we should open the up the uh, the other one. Yeah, huh? yeah. Oh, um, here, let's get a little. Let me crack this bottle open. We'll stop with the hymen. Yeah, talk about hymens for a while. Not much to say that nothing's nothing's been through there. I don't. I almost don't want to polish this one off because I want to try the new flavor. But I'm sure it'll all get drank, so I'm just gonna leave right, this yeah. here for right now. I'm gonna chug this. Mm-hmm. Sure look, boys. So I was opening that. 
So we have, we actually have here some stemless wine glasses <laughs> that are actually just tumblers. So yeah, <laughs> big, big highballs. Yeah, yeah, the Patreon. Let's talk about it. Well, tell them what they can get on Patreon. We can talk about it, Josh. Open up the wine. I am. <laughs> well, we got some T-shirts. Josh is rocking one tonight. Um, Master of the Mix panties <laughs> coming out soon. <laughs> Crotch those panties. Thank you. Thank you, my first favorite bartender. First favorite bartender. And yes, he's right. Thank you to all our new Patreons, our old Patreons. Please help us out without sounding like I'm begging, but you guys are great. No, yeah. Thank you for everyone who has it. Like we always say, if you can. Well, yeah, and just tell a friend or something. Just just take it like like the episode. Just tell somebody. Word of mouth is always the most, the best thing for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and in, in, in this modern world, you know, uh, Crowdfunding and crowdsourcing is, is kind of the way things are going, and we can't do this without you guys, you know? Um, number one, we need you to listen, and number two, I mean, we're <laughs> we're just suburbanite men, you know? We gotta make a living, and we, we appreciate all the help you can throw our way. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the good stuff. So, Ooh. this is another Hope's End wine. Um, so it's from the same company. So we didn't talk about how calculated the hopes end might be for this movie because all oh, hope yeah. might be to yeah. an end by the end of this show. I'm accidentally a genius again. No, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. why he's your third favorite author. Yeah, I'm accidentally <laughs> successful. So this is uh, this is a brandy barrel aged uh, I was Cabernet. Say, I just smelled like it was my smoker right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Super sweet too. Only, only on 30 days in the barrel. Um, only 30? Yeah. Only 30? Yeah. So it, it's able to pick up a lot of the sugars without uh, yeah. too much of the burn. And the nose feels super okay. sugary. That sounds... And specifically, this is Greg, a Greg 2017. Greg is currently smelling it with his nose. As opposed to his, his mouth. Yeah, his lips. <laughs> mm, We're going fresh. so far off the rails. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, See, this is more like a brown wine. Like, I, I love... Like, the, red, the last one was definitely a nice red blend. This one is. He had half a glass of wine left. This is I a smoky chugged. brown wine. All right. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I. I enjoy. It. Like I, I talked to Josh up front. I, I like booze forward wines. Do you guys want some more of this before I? No. I think you should go for it, Josh. Yeah. Josh is gonna be drunk. It's okay. Right. It happens very seldom. Oh. oh. There you go. Oh God. I'm gonna have such a hangover tomorrow. Don't get old, kids. Don't get old. You don't. <coughs> the blend. Had much more depth. I've I've had the blend before. I've not had this one. Let me see. It's got a little bit of a bitter towards the back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Again? You got some. I pepto? got the burps. You got the <laughs> so Josh the has burps. half of the bottle in our fancy stemless wine glasses that we have. We'll call Josh is dying. Call them tumblers, dude. Oh. <laughs> it's like yeah, milkshake glass. So, definitely sweet up. Front. I almost wouldn't call that a cab. Yeah, you can't because I'm a I. Almost exclusively drink Cabernet. It's yeah, same alone. Like that's that's only I, only I wine I really cab. drink. Every once in a while, I'll dabble in a Pinot Noir. I like but, a nice Malbec. Well, this yeah. this feels like it. on the tongue. This feels like a Pinot Noir. This is a very clean finish. Yeah. It's a smooth ride all the way down. Also, my poor name. Um, <laughs> smooth ride all the way down. It's a hell of a last name. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the only it's the only good thing about my porn career. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is clean. Yeah, real smooth. That brandy takes the takes the edge off, and 
Which is weird. I thought it, I I'm going to pull be... a hot take. I, I like it. Hot take. But hot take, I will not get take. another bottle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's, it is good. If, somebody, if, if it was available, I would drink it. But mm-hmm. for, for the listeners, if you want a comparison, they're red blend. And yeah, I would, I would the wager that. that their regular cab is, is probably the way to go. Yeah, I'd take the blend over this for sure. And like I said, <coughs> exclusive cab drinker here. Mm-hmm. I don't even like wine, and they're both fire. So <laughs> oh, it's know, good. You know, I'm not we're, the guy we're nitpicking. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. truth be told, if this it's is probably so a good much... introduction red wine. Yeah. So if, if you're if you're not a wine drinker, um, but you're you enjoy <laughs> enjoy sweet drinks, um, I would I, I would get say that start scene this. After this. Um, get the hopes and you know brandy aged, mm-hmm. and you know go from there. It's it's sweeter, it's smoother than a regular cab because yeah. I mean, caps can be very juicy, but they're, they're usually juicy but sharp. But sharp, and this it, is and juicy without the yeah. edge, and it lingers with you. Mm-hmm. Mouth feels. Right. Let's get back to this movie before I lose my mind. Okay. I'm well, <laughs> that scene. Honestly, I, I want to talk about that scene about when when Vito comes to America um, yes. and during Ellis into Ellis Island mm-hmm. um, when he sings himself that song. Yeah. Um, he, he just lost. He lost his father. Mm-hmm. He lost his mother to a giant gun blast. She got pushed back like three yeah. feet, and he's was saved by a townsperson mm-hmm. um, that hit him on in like the the hay bales kind of of, yeah. of a donkey that was going elsewhere. And they walk right by them. Well, he lost two of his brothers too. Yeah, he lost his whole family because yeah. there's yeah. this one brother yep. who fought back, and then the other brother got gunned down yep. at at the like the funeral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah. mom went with him mm-hmm. and got gunned down because they yeah. needed to kill. And the dad was they, they wanted to kill the entire family because mm-hmm. of what we talked about earlier. Uh, not leaving. He didn't want to gr- him to grow yeah. up. Grow and up be a and yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I oh, think that, yeah. you that love a good, I think that's yeah. important. Like the that that scene is almost iconic to me. Like uh, that opening when he first gets to America, mm-hmm. and he's got <laughs> no one. He's he's a nine year old kid coming off a boat for days, weeks maybe. Yeah, yeah. and. He gets to Ellis Island. His name changes, mm-hmm. and he has to be um, quarantined for three months for smallpox. Right. And uh, I forgot as about soon that. as he gets yeah, into yeah. as soon as he gets into his room slash cell, it's like yeah. overlooking mm-hmm. uh, the Statue of Liberty. Um, it is and, a beautiful scene. Yeah, it's it is a great and, shot. And then <clears throat> he starts singing this song to himself because mm-hmm. he already he already realized. That he's going to have to take care of himself. Yeah, I think to me that was one of the best parts of this movie. It's, and it, it happened very upfront and very mm-hmm. there. And I think it goes under undermined and underutilized as far as what this movie's about. Yeah, that's where it starts. Let's opinion. let's talk about the filmmaking aspect of that though. So like <clears throat> the scene where where Vito sits down in front of the in front of the window and starts to sing. It starts to slowly pan in. It's kind of the only time in this movie. That Coppola goes back to his old ways of those slow shots. And specifically, it's Vito, who in the last episode, we talked about how those slow shots are indicative of Vito's personality. So it's Vito becoming Vito. You know, like it's subconsciously, we're associating yeah. those shots with him. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. At, nine then, year, at nine years old, yeah. he's becoming mm-hmm. Vito right there. Just, that's a, I think that envelops mm-hmm. his brain. That, yeah. That's it. And like, that's, he already knew that's. So not only do we have that great moment. But remember in The Shining, my biggest bitch was his tran- was Kubrick's transitions. Yeah. This scene transitions seamlessly in a fade out, or not even a fade out; it's a fade through mm-hmm. into the uh, the christening. Mm-hmm. So it's Vito yeah. singing. The camera pulls in, and then 
Vito's scene fades out and overlaid is the the wide mm-hmm. shot, the, the what they call the the high wide and stupid mm-hmm. of the church, and then it pulls back in. You don't notice it unless you're looking for yeah. it. It brings you along. And then at this point, they're not in New York anymore. They're in mm-hmm. Lake, they're Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Yeah. You yeah, I, I said Vegas earlier. I I, I was wrong. It was well, they, they did a lot of their. You weren't mm-hmm. necessarily wrong. They did a lot of their business in, in Las Vegas, but that's mm-hmm. where like I think the estate was. You know, mm-hmm. it's Lake Tahoe, Lake, Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Yeah, um, yeah. man. That, I think that opening scene was one of my favorites. Yeah. you know, yeah. what I mean, because there was it was so much power to it. You know, it really oh. it really kind of with between the murder of his 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 mother mm-hmm. and all the stuff that went went through and and, and into the coming of America. Mm-hmm. To this young boy, like realizing he has no one to make, to be a self mm-hmm. quote unquote made man. Yeah. yeah. To you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, and this movie is is bookended by powerful scenes like that. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. You know, we've got Vito in the beginning becoming Vito, and then the last scene in the movie is Michael essentially just remembering when he became Michael, mm. because it's that scene around the dinner table where he's standing up to Sonny. He's like, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to join the Marines. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be my own self. Yeah. And Vito, Vito's presence is felt, whether he's in the shot or not, because they talk about him, and you know he's coming. He's always there. Yeah. yeah. Like, so... Wait, you're saying when Michael first says he's going to the Marines? Yeah, so around the dinner in the, table. In the first one? No, it, it's at the it's, end of this movie. Yeah, okay. Movie. So there's a... There's a oh, okay. Yeah, when, uh, right after Fredo is killed... Yeah. They've got that scene where it flashes back to 1941. Mm-hmm. And it's literally... Uh, so you find out that Vito's birthday is the day that uh, uh, Pearl, Pearl Harbor, Harbor was bombed. Was, yeah. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They mentioned so that. Eventually. They're kind of they're yeah. talking about it. And Sonny's like, these fucking idiots. They're yeah. joining the military. 20,000 people enlisted today you know, to go fight for people they don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, Dad always said, don't there, fight for somebody you don't know. There was an outtake scene from... Really? It was either the first or the second one, yeah. That was it was Vito talking to Michael about like you're going to fight f- for your country. You're not fighting for your blood, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it it essentially like I don't know if they took it out because they kind of made like and you especially in the first one mm-hmm. like Michael when he went to the the Marines and he came back like they wanted him to be a politician. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they just scrapped that to begin with, but it's relative throughout. It, yeah. I mean, we can we can probably run with that as headcanon still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially with this scene being the very last thing that you see in mm-hmm. Godfather 2. Well, so this yeah. movie pretty much takes place around like mid fifties, as far as Michael's uh, coming up mid fifties. I mean, you got like in Dean 58, Martin, yeah. fifty six, something like that. Yeah, it, the, the like first Dean Martin is, when they go to Las Vegas and stuff. It's this <clears> timeline <throat> is so much more fucked than than the first movie. <laughs> we already yeah. had problems with the first yeah. one. So, but, and it's not necessarily even the timeline; it's just where it falls in history. Because the only thing we definitively know is there's two things really. Uh, Vito Corleone arrives in New York during World War One, 1917. And the the first scene with Michael takes place in 1958. But after that... it's so that, funny how they like start... Ni- they start the movie in 1901. But it was like 19... And then 1924, 1956. Yeah, it was 1917 like, is like when... Um, was Sonny the oldest son? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when he was born. Yeah. Great Depression... Not Maybe. yet. That was that was Not the thirties. Oh yeah. What's what was yeah, twenty nine was, was the was a stock market. I think crash. there was some giant thing in nineteen. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, well, there was in in uh, nineteen nineteen there was uh, the Spanish flu. Nineteen seventeen okay. was the middle of World War One. I. I think that might have been the year that 
uh, the U.S. entered the war. God damn it, you're smart, Josh. I could be wrong. Don't don't give me that credit <laughs> yet. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, you would like it to follow history, you know, yeah. but who really knows? But Well, and they did a good job with yeah, it. Even though they were using job. fake yeah. senators and stuff, yeah. the those courtroom scenes and mm-hmm. those proceedings were based on actual... Like, did they use those courtrooms? Like the, you know, because it, it well, seemed they built legit. those sets. Uh, well, it didn't seem like a set. You know, they, it was very mm-hmm. loud and billowy and and. Well, it, it's funny. I'm, I could be mistaken. I'm, but I'm pretty sure that's the Perry Mason set. It's just they brought in a Ozzy bigger Osborne? desk. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just like kidding. the old black and white. I love Perry. Perry Mason. I love Ozzy Osbourne's Perry Mason. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's I'm the smart. Perry Mason set. I'm smart. I'm smart. I won't <laughs> They just swapped out the the (laughs) (laughs) And I could be dead wrong, but that's exactly what it looked like. I gotcha. So, but the the proceedings were based on actual, like, indictments of mobsters back in the day. Not necessarily the untouchables, but whatever came after that. Okay. Well, in that courtroom scene, you know, Mike speaks up for himself in a very cognitive, Mm -hmm. um, articulate way. Like, I have no priors. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I've I've never once resisted any kind of arrest or any kind of I've no mm-hmm. no run-ins with the law. That's pretty much why I got off. Yeah, minus you know the manipulation, Frank, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> old Frankie. But so, do you think we need to talk about Las Vegas? Not really. I mean, did you have something to say? Well, I just I think that it all kind of started. Well, with I think what I wanted to say was. That's where Fredo was left to be himself, and mm-hmm. he fucked that up. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, I guess we'll get to that point. But he led was to, the led, worst person to sign off. Led to there, it, like, even in the first. Led movie. to his demise, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. And then, like, uh, they were talking like, why we didn't we, we didn't let Fredo come in here, like, mm-hmm. he, yeah, or you know, yeah, the Corleone family bankrolled your casino. Yeah, send Fredo here, send Fredo there, yeah. send Fredo to do this. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's it. As far as like that you goes, said, he's so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's that's the only, pretty much the only point I, point I wanted to talk about it. As far as Las Vegas goes, is that's where Fredo was left to be a mm-hmm. man, yeah. and he. There's a scene where he's like, "You, you smacked my my younger brother around," and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, it's you you smacked my younger brother around in public. Yeah. That was Demol Green. Yeah. yeah. I, run, I run a casino. You know how it is. Yeah. You keep, he was, you he was my banging on the line. Yeah. He was banging on the He's cocktail waitresses. People couldn't get their drinks. It's yeah. like, dude. Yeah. Yep. No, so uh, Fredo was left to his own devices, and he, he was given a, a huge opportunity in Vegas, mm-hmm. and he completely squandered it. In But it, it built his character up enough where he got ego. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Got, he got ego and... Thought he was um, one of the guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then thought he ran shit. Yeah. Um, and Mike's there to be like, dude, get these bitches out of here. Yeah. Get the band out of here. I'm here for business. What the fuck are well, you doing? I think, I think where this movie falters is the Las Vegas stuff, and it's because they didn't show more of that, more of yeah. Fredo's story. Well, Fredo's story would have made this a stronger film, and it could have possibly made it better than the first. But I'm not going to watch a five-hour movie. <laughs> no, it didn't have to be a five-hour movie. This could, have, this could have been a four-part mo- <clears throat> film yeah. series. Yeah. Four and a half. Right, right, right. Yeah. So going back to Fredo, um, that mm-hmm. fishing scene, um, you yeah. know, with with Anthony, uh, Michael's firstborn son, mm-hmm. um, it weighed heavy on the hearts because Michael was forced to. He, he warned Fredo. 
mm-hmm. don't go against the family. He said it time and time again. And right. Michael, like we <clears throat> talked about before, dark, dark demon mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Michael. Unholy. Mm-hmm. Offed his young, his older brother. Michael. Yeah. There's that, yeah. that, that, that scene on the lake, you know, with just one gunshot. Right. And then. It's on a lake. It's like glass lake, you know. What and I mean? he sent his personal bodyguard to do that too. So it was like an even bigger insult. The big mysterious man that you see through the whole movie Alan. with yeah. the, with a with a top hat. Yeah. Well, it's like even oh no, it's it's Alan that that shoots mm. uh, Fredo. It's the personal bodyguard. The guy with the top hat dies after he kills. Uh, that's that's true. The guy yeah. in Cuba. Yeah. But he tries either. to kill. Even in those sample, the audio samples I used in the intro, I think it's it's Tom talking to to Michael. He's like, you yeah. kill everybody. Yeah. Is it not everybody? Just the enemies. Well, and, and at this point, how many enemies does he have? But I'm just saying now it's like his oldest brother. Like mm-hmm. like Greg just said, it's like yeah, it, it's it's so far beyond evil from how Godfather one ended to how he, two, he's jumped two he, ended. Yeah, yeah. He, he went he's from, jumped to people that earned it. It went mm-hmm. from holy to evil to like yeah, tenfold. Yep. Well, and I'm, I'm I may be wrong here, but that's that's why. The tagline, like Godfather Three, is the only movie with a tagline, yeah. and it's like the fall of Cor- the Corleone family right. or something. So, like this movie, well, sets this movie that was up. the goddamn fucking name that she said before: the death of Michael, <laughs> the rise well, of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the I mean, fall if, of Michael. If you want to talk about, yeah, let's that, go back to that first beautiful speed review. Like, <laughs> like he, he doesn't physically die, but he has to kill his brother and. It, it's. I would say the death of Michael comes before that, but the symbolic death of Michael is he kills off his family. At least he still had respect for the family as far as letting, letting the mother go before he had to fucking put a bullet. But in that the, was. The I would thing. disagree. Yeah. All right. I don't think it was respect for his mother. I think it's that he didn't want to deal with his mom. Because think about how he dealt with Kay uh, in and, the first movie when he killed Carlo and Connie not, and Connie the whole true. time. Or not so, Kay. Yeah, it was Connie. That's true. It was and Connie. Then, you know, there's not too much interaction between him and his mother, which is surprising through both mm-hmm. of these movies. Like, he, there's literally nothing. You see him, her but as dope, a young woman, yeah. and now she like shows up at the christening, and she's mm-hmm. like. A bit larger, and, and, she, and now she's like smug. This is yeah. kind of the first time you see his mom is when she's like reluctantly giving kiss, kiss or cheek kisses. I'm sorry. When yeah. you see her in the yeah. first movie in the opening party, you know, mm-hmm. in the wedding, and like that's the she's only time singing, you see her throughout yeah. the whole movie. But she, you know, she's animated. She's a yeah. character, but that's it. Mm-hmm. But it's dope because when Vito is is up and coming, and they're having yeah. her kids. Like just the whole pre the whole prequel aspect of it, like that's her character before. Yeah, and like she got almost got more screen time in this movie, even though it wasn't even her. Yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah. it, unfortunately, she's only like a baby making machine in this movie. Yeah, like right. in, the, in the first movie, she's kind of a side character. You she talked about the masculinity song. of yeah. stuff before. But they make, yeah. they make that a point for her like role to mm-hmm. be like the son. Bear, yeah. you know what I mean? The yeah. strong Italian son bear, and it's like Kay ends up, yeah, being the we didn't son even touch bearer. on, we didn't yeah. even touch on her miscarriage yeah. that Michael thought was, was it a miscarriage? miscarriage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, can you blame her? It's tough. No, like I, I feel for Kay. Like she's already brought two kids into this world under this monster. Nope. And right, but she was she was given promises. By the end mm-hmm. of our first episode of Godfather, I. It was kind of hard for me to feel bad for her towards the end of the movie. It was like, mm-hmm. he had a whole yeah. other wife that got blown yeah. up. Yeah. And came back to you four years later. 
Mm-hmm. And like like when I was talking about the the fore- <laughs> she gone. when I was talking about the foreshadowing with the lighting, like literal yeah, shadowing, yeah. it was like mm-hmm. we we talked about how bright her face was throughout the whole movie because yeah. she was pure. It's like that last scene when they close the door and Michael says, "Don't ever ask me about the business." Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. it. And he mm-hmm. shuts the door, and that's the first time you see any <clears throat> shadow on her face. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, a lot of like. That yeah. that moment, <clears throat> like a, we touched on, like the the high points of this movie, mm-hmm. and like yeah, yeah. the things that really mattered. <clears throat> he shut the door yeah. on being a fam. It, yes, very a family much so. man, but not like quote unquote uh-huh. family versus keep going real family. He shut the door on his wife, yeah. his mm-hmm. son, his. I mean, he killed Fredo. His so yeah. So I mean, he literally is now locking himself in his own dungeon. Um, Essentially, know, stowing yeah. himself away to probably just die at this point. You know, yeah. he, he's killed everyone he cares about. He cares mm-hmm. everyone that's wronged him. Everyone only, else is leaving him. The only yeah. buddy is Tom, and, yeah. and and Tom is already like, peace, dude. Like, yeah. you're not, you're not, you're not my too. guy. Tom anymore. just doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. Well, and let's let's think about how different this story would have been if Apollonia survives. Like Apollonia was a very independent human That's being. That's what I was thinking about throughout so this like, watch. Yeah. Michael would have probably been kept in check by a strong wife. And Kay, mm. Kay is the the archetype of the 50s wife. Yeah. Like you make babies and you make dinner. And yeah. that is all you do. Yeah. So in in the context of the story, she is exactly what society expected from her. For sure. You know what's kind of cool about this whole thing too is like I, I don't know, maybe maybe cooler than in my own mind, but mm-hmm. We talk about bad guys, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the uh, the devil in certain aspects. Michael is so strict to the family where you never see him in any kind of scandal as far as that goes. When yeah. in a lot of these other mobster movies, you see promiscuity. Um, even even his brother Sonny sleeps around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, the first time that it's even offered in Las Vegas, you know what I mean? He tells Fred to get these broads out of here. So, yeah. <clears throat> there is still that element of family and it's been pushed through it, but I think that he lost sight of yeah, like family's what family really family's, family's a word, not blood at this yeah. point. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Kind of goes back on, on his in, his entire principle. Yeah, it's like when, Kay when, says at the end, yeah. this <clears throat> this Sicilian thing that's been going yeah. on for four hundred years. <laughs> well, and it, it comes to the point like you make a really strong point here where family doesn't mean family for him; it means me. It means me. Don't yeah. go it against means me. me. Don't yeah, against yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Vito, Vito could finesse his way out of, uh, away from his son being murdered at a toll booth. Michael gets insulted by his brother. Granted, there's an attempted assassination there. But as far as Fredo's concerned... <laughs> a, a minor attempted assassination. As far as Fredo's concerned... <laughs> but we it was talked still about the this. blood thing at that point. Fredo, Michael, Michael yeah. abandons all of that. Fredo, like, like Fredo is, didn't know what was going on. We talked about this. Yeah. And basically just insulted his brother and michael had him killed for that twice three times he gave him the he he told him to heed the warning for, well no no no. I, fredo only made one mistake and well, it just, even in the it first just happened movie, to he, it just happened to be the first down he kept lying that's that's no second was, well, second yes. mistake third mistake yeah. and fourth He's, i don't he, count that he as lied a mistake him. i, I, think, I, like, I think that's fredo knowing that his brother's gonna kill him if he finds out fredo made one mistake and then tried to survive so we talked about like respect before about like you know if, if you mm-hmm. see something to me and own up to it yeah so if fredo would say like my bad, Mikey. Mm-hmm. I Michael would up. have him killed. I, I don't think so. I do. I don't think so. Michael in this movie is not Michael from the first. Yeah, movie. you're true. You're true. You're true. You know, Michael but, in this movie, he it, yeah. like even in the last movie, like at the end, Carlo. He, but he gave he gave Franco or I'm sorry, uh, 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 Fredo uh, Fredo the opportunity 
outside of Cuba, like he would have had him killed, and Fredo knew that. Michael is not afraid of having people yeah, killed. Okay. Like he's, he's, I guess I'm trying to give a little bit more of a love story to Michael than. <laughs> well, and I, I, I appreciate that because that's how the story is portrayed. Yeah. But when you really break it down, Michael is the villain in both of these movies. Mm-hmm. He's the tra- he's he's 100%, yeah, so yeah. if if well, we want to, we, we talk about like he, he crossed the line on both mm-hmm. back and right, forth right. on the first yeah. movie. Like he was he was and he wasn't he wasn't he mm-hmm. wasn't you know. So if we want to if we want to indulge my my nerdiness here, in the first yes. movie. He's Anakin Skywalker in the prequels. <laughs> he's he's this he's understandably to some degree that's perfect a villain. We were talking about Scott Pilgrim <laughs> in the same sense. Like. And in this movie, he's Darth Vader without the redemption. Yeah, or he's he's probably more Kylo Ren in this movie, where it's like <laughs> I, I will kill my family, I will kill you. I just want I want the power that is available to me. So he's he's Anakin in movie, in movie one, power. and he's Kylo in movie two. He's yeah. harnessing all he, sorts of energy. And <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna spoil I'm not gonna spoil, you know the the the, the sequel trilogy of Star Wars for people. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the don't arc that, the that. arc is similar in a lot of ways. Michael the or Archangel. The lack of arc. The lack of arc. Yeah. Yeah. Michael the well, Archangel. That's, that's straight peaking. I mean, straight peaking. We talked about you know the 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 path of the tyrant in the Dave episode. Right, it's right, way right. more prevalent in this movie. Yeah. I almost wish I had saved it because realistically, the the touchstones for the the path of the tyrant are no redemption with the father no redemption with the mother yeah. and the refusal of the call to action Boom. michael does all fucking three of those he can't he can't redeem himself with his father he hides from his mother until she dies he and he everyone refuses else. <laughs> to change his ways mm-hmm. yeah. he is a like joseph campbell is jizzing in his grave right now <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> and, and, yeah i told you this wine was gonna get to me <laughs> I guess we didn't talk about that asshole, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. About Joseph Campbell jizzing in his grave? No, no, no. Frankie. Frankie <laughs> boy. On it. Frankie boy. Yeah. But, yeah. He's well, that's, a, I mean, it's, he there's not him, a whole lot to He marked himself, right? Then he, then yeah. He slid, he slid at his the wrist end. in the tub, right? His story's more important at the end of the movie than at the beginning. But he's, it touches in the beginning to yeah. make part like of it. Yeah. It, like, his... his I Him mean, turning state's evidence. He's the first character to talk to Vito in Godfather 1, right? No, this is an entirely oh, new wait, character. Wait, wait, that, yeah, okay. yeah. So Sorry. this is the guy that was supposed to be Clemenza. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. So he's asking. Fredo pulls up in a boat, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Why can't I talk with your brother, yeah, Mikey? Yeah, I've had a little too much wine, but right. why yeah. the fuck, you know? I'm, we made a deal. We're families." You know? And he's lit. Yeah. So and <laughs> he flat out says, "I'm a little drunk." Well, he, he says, it, "Yeah." When he's talking, I'm like, "Ah, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a little drunk." But. Did you notice that? So Vito's story is told almost entirely in Italian, right? Right. The only time Italian comes into play, like the language of Italian comes into play in Michael's story is when Frankie's involved. And Frankie, that is his name, right? Yeah, it's Frankie for sure. I really hope we haven't been with <laughs> No, it is for sure, 100%. So Frankie has old school ties all the way back to that first story. He's the one character in this movie that can be tied to Vito's prequel arc. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It, it's a subtle it's a subtle it's a subtle callback and I, I really appreciate it. Like I may not like this movie as much as I like the first one. However, as a sequel it does a really good job of tying itself together as a cohe- cohesive tale both as a single movie and as a series. I think for all the reasons I love the first one, which mm-hmm. has always been my favorite on this go around. Yeah. Like it it's like I I have two movies. Mm-hmm. You you're investing your time knowing that they're Three-hour yeah. movies, you know, and this yeah. one's 
closer to four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but you're getting you're getting the parallel story at the yeah. same time. You're getting Bobby Money in here, and it's Bobby like Money. like we said, like like nobody wanted to see anybody but Marlon Brando play that role. Yeah, and half those people didn't even know who Robert De Niro was. This is way early in his career. Yeah, so, and let's let's talk about his so. There's there's two things I want to talk yeah. about when it comes to the sequel the the or the the prequel part of this movie. Right. Um, the first is that uh, De Niro clearly studied Brando's mannerisms. So the way he touches his cheek, the way he touches his temple, the way he speaks, he slips out of it sometimes. Yeah. But for the most part, he is he he give he gives it that low and slow and cotton ball sound. And the other thing is. <laughs> Kind of opposed to that, they clearly had to overdub a lot of these scenes because if you watch the lips, they were speaking in English in a lot of these scenes. And yeah. They had to go back and yeah, overdub yeah. In, in Italian. And when De Niro was given an opportunity to overdub in Italian, he fucking nails that impression. Like all those scenes that he goes back and he talks over, like the kitchen, the 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 them th- the three of them at the kitchen table. They go back and he clearly overdubs that and he he does his lines again and kills it it was amazing his impression was it he deserved an award for that bobby money italian and it's super dope and like i said a lot of people who would have been upset that it wasn't marlon brando Mm -hmm. like when he was playing Vito in the first when he was playing a much older character by the Mm -hmm. end of the movie right so Mm -hmm. in that light yeah he could play a younger one coming yeah you know uh giving birth to his sons Mm -hmm. in the bronx right yeah but it's almost better that it's like a yeah. different character with a smaller frame who's yeah. a, a younger person in general. He looks like a younger it's, Vito. It's, yeah. It yeah. was like, I wasn't even alive when the movie came out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I, I, I can say it's like, I'm, I'm so happy that was yeah. like... Well, and as great as Brando is in movie one, I think De Niro plays a better Vito. He needed, they needed a different character. They needed a different character to be... I gotta it, stop they are you. Two Don't different characters. you dare... Fuck up, hold Marlon on, hold Brando on. here. It's hold not on, about that. On. It's about okay, capturing. I, I it's you. about capturing. I, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I think, I think right, you'll, right, you'll right. agree with me here because I'm about to clarify here. All right. So there are two characters. There's Vito and there's Don Corleone. Boom. Brando is Don Corleone. Don Boom, Corleone. He could right. not play Vito. And just like at that at that time in his career, yeah. De Niro could play Vito and could not pull off Don Corleone. Right. Because even the scene where like they walk into his shop and he's making a deal, it's not the same. Yeah. It's young. It's youthful. It's inexperienced. That shop scene was really kind of beautiful too. He doesn't say a goddamn word. Yeah, no, he's man. like, he's like, I thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciate everything you've done for me since I came. I think the shop owner was. Oh, you're talking. You're talking about a different shop scene. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. My bad. No, uh, no, you're good. You are correct. Like that is that is the most Don Corleone he is. Yeah, I think that, that like translates. Th- through his entire mm-hmm. progression through both movies. Yeah, the scene I'm talking about is when the landlord comes to his office. Ooh. And he's like, oh, I I talked to some people around town. I had no idea it was you, Don Vito. And yeah. Don Vito is just like, he get, he gives the, the, the nod that the classic, smile. That classic, like, <laughs> the De Niro palsy, look. De Niro look. <laughs> and he doesn't say that, anything. That kissable face. <laughs> he's fucking money. He's, he's fucking, fucking money. money. He didn't even he know, know it yet. Yep. He didn't even know it yet. Truth. And that's what's cool, too. Yeah. I think they made the absolute right choice by going with De Niro. Yeah, it launched his career, and look at all the amazing things he's done. Stardust, 
Start <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. He doesn't start with taxi driver. Doesn't start with casino. This Josh, Josh probably says Stardust. Oh, he's still having that wine. Is good. And honestly, I wouldn't be laughing if Josh didn't show me the clips from Stardust before. I've never even heard of this movie. Okay. I didn't realize he was okay. dancing. For for those of you who haven't seen, anyway, it, watch our movie Heat too because they both start. Go listen to Heat. Go listen to Heat. And after you listen to Heat, go watch Stardust because we're gonna do an episode on it next year. Yeah, listen to the podcast for Heat for Heat, and then go watch Stardust. Yeah, so there's like it's like Godfather Two, Heat, Righteous, Righteous Kill, and then. Stardust. Stardust. I think Stardust came out before Righteous Kill, like right before. Oh, definitely. No, like, yeah, way before for sure. No, it, it was the same year. I'm almost. I was. I was in high school for this, so I was in the movie theater a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, I maybe. You know what? I'll save that story for Stardust. Okay. This wine has got me loose lipped. Yeah, we. <laughs> happy to laugh. <laughs> it's okay. I'm so, so glad I wasn't drunk so for that's Scott ca- Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> this movie gets laughable. To this point, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, In a very dark, morbid way. Yeah, it's yeah. like shit, dude. Like you didn't learn a goddamn thing. Not did a you? goddamn thing. That's <laughs> how I feel right now. So Michael doesn't apologize. I think I know where you're going. <laughs> there is one out of place scene that, is, in my opinion, is the best scene in the whole movie, and it's Do the tell. very last scene of the of the film. Um, so there's a after Michael has all these guys killed. There, Michael walks out to this bench that's next to the lake. I'm pretty sure it's Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe, yeah. That's where his uh, compound yeah, is. Yeah, it's actually on the lake, right? Yep. So he goes out to Lake Tahoe. Like boaters and stuff. Kind of like leans back and he looks over the water and he thinks back to the day he enlisted into the Marine Corps. And it was uh, Vito's birthday and uh, Pearl Harbor had just been bombed. And Sonny is there. Sam is there. Or uh, Tom is there. Um, Fredo is at the table. And uh, there's one other person that, that's escaping me. But uh, Oh, and, and on top of that, Connie meets Carlo that day. Oh, okay. So they introduce oh. Connie to Carlo, and then they kind of okay. like kick her away from the table. And they're like, go go show Carlo the tree. So he did his like four-year like four mm-hmm. enlistment and then came back. and Yeah, and yeah that's okay. exactly what it was. Because okay. uh, Godfather 1 starts in 45, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so right at the yeah. end of the war. Yeah, because he, 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 they didn't think he was going to make it back in time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, in 41, he enlists, and he gets into this argument with Sonny, because Sonny, Sonny's like, all these idiots, 20,000 people enlisted today, and, uh, you know, they're fighting for people they don't even know. Yep. You know, they're not people they don't care about. Exactly. And Michael is still the altruistic character of the story. He's... He's a little sinister it's in this. It's so scene. ironic that but he's altruistic. So ironic he says that, you know, because he like yeah. they're all about the family. Like mm-hmm. you don't, nothing. Yeah, nothing affects the family. Mm-hmm. Keep the family out of it. Don't. Well, that's why I say it's so family. out of place because yeah. it's so backwards from everything that we've been told this whole film. Well, maybe they're trying to tell us something about war. I'm sure they are because I mean this movie was made in '74, so this is when did Vietnam technically end? Like I think like sixty one. No, it was, it lasted through. The I'm 60s. sorry. I'm sorry. Seventy one. It was seventy one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think like sixty nine. Um, so this is this is very shortly after after Vietnam and deeply entrenched in the Cold War. And on top of that, we're two films deep all the way to the end of yeah. the Godfather series. Now they're covering two wars. Yeah, a mad. 
so we had series of time yeah. as as far as immigrants go mm-hmm. and that whole thing. And We've had the Korean War and the Vietnam War happen off screen in both of these movies. And now yeah. people so, don't now people don't hate Italians anymore. Mm-hmm. They hate like Irishmen. I don't like your kind of people. They well, and they're they're beyond hating. You know, I'm Irish. Like, this is this is where quote unquote white people were solidified into a single group. You yeah. weren't Irish. You weren't Italian. You weren't British. Yeah, it, you were white. Yeah, exactly. And now it's you know the the vitriol is aimed at Asia. Vitriol. Vitriol. Mm. And so this is a period of time where there were a lot of racial slurs aimed at you know Asians and. <sighs> It showcases itself in the film a little bit, but for the most part, it's it's just a film of its time. I'm getting a little off track here. Um, no, I mean the first one was definitely a little bit more. I think, uh, yeah, a little bit more uh, racial aggressive than this yes. one is. Well, all I'm, except one scene. There is one scene in this movie. There's where, a lot of yeah. I feel like there's some deep rooted. Yeah, in shit this in this movie, and, there and is some solid racism. I'm just saying, in the first yes. one, it seems more apparent, right? For mm-hmm. obvious reasons, I'm not. Don't mm-hmm. need to highlight or say, but in this one, yeah, when they, you know, the Jew from Miami, yeah, who is like, like it's. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> He's just like talking about his hate for Italian people yeah. and Sicilians in general. Yeah, and it's like you can say Guinea. No, I was gonna say I'm not gonna do the revert. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, what do you mean, Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ was it Arab? What's the most <laughs> sure, yeah. What's the most commonly used racial slur in rap? Wop. Get out of here! Wop. Yeah. Wop. 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 Anyway. All right, without I, papers. I do without papers. Sincerely apologize for that, but <laughs> no, it's, it needed to be said. It's, it's anyway, truth. It's um, truth. It, that's literally how they listed them. Without papers. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it correlates to it. It's, it's not. A, they owned a racial so just like other races have done. Well, and I, I think getting my train of thought back, what I was what I was aiming at is this is made in a time that is at the tail end of the civil rights movement, and by seventy four, we're probably most of the way through the big stuff. Um, we're after the Vietnam War. We are, we're in a new era and it's, it's, yeah. it's finally kind of caught up to itself. Cause I think, or, or relatively, cause my best guess for where this movie ends is probably 64 ish. So right after the civil rights act of, of 63 and, oh, maybe a little bit before that. Cause maybe. when did, when did, uh, uh, fucking re- Castro take over Cuba? Yeah. Cause that was, was that 59 Bay of Pigs. Cuban Missile Crisis. Those uh, were in the 60s. I want to say early 60s. 63, 63 was yeah. big. Yep. That's what they're alluding to. Like, yeah. I think a lot of this took place. A lot of this place. A lot of You're right. That is. A lot of this took place in like the. As far as the storyline yeah. goes for. Maybe my, this movie takes place in, in the 50s. All right. 56. Like. Well, th- this movie starts in 58. That They're very clear about that. For sure. That. But I mean, like in Las Vegas, like they do a whole lot of signage and they like Dean Martin and this, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So I mean, like. It's not like the Rat Pack. So these guys are kind of fading. So it's, yeah, it's probably probably late 50s, you know, because they're separated from, from the band. Okay, so we were, or I was way the fuck off. So the Cuban Revolution ends in 59. So this movie takes place in less than a year. Hmm. Isn't that fucking shocking? I feel shocked. You don't sound shocked. I'm shocked. shocked. I thought I with with the the 10-year span of the first film, I thought this movie took That's place. That's what I'm saying. I think a lot of time. that has to go into the first film because mm. we had no 
they, this, yeah. we were talking about a decade, yeah. if not more, in the first film. So it's like you kind of expect it to move along in that fact. Mm-hmm. But this movie takes place in a, Jesus Christ. Michael is way worse, in my opinion, now that I know <laughs> yeah. that it took place in a year. <laughs> what he mean? killed nine people in three months. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm really upset. All Al Pacino, right. you have shit to answer for. <laughs> friend of the pod. <laughs> friend I'm just of the gonna pod. keep shouting out friend, these yeah. random <laughs> celebrities as friends of the pod. Al Pacino. Don't bring him into this. We can talk, so, about, talk about Coppola or whoever the No, hell, <laughs> Al Pacino personally has to respond for the actions of the mafia in the 1950s. Josh has beef with Al Pacino's <laughs> mob ties. You, me, we have beef. Come on, Gideon. <laughs> Wait, wrong movie. Wrong movie. I don't like your kind of people. <laughs> so, just to round this off, since we're moving away from the end of the movie, um, let's plant this in history a little bit deeper. Like, they are in Cuba. They're in Havana during yeah, yeah. The, the final moments of the Cuban Revolution. If you were to remake and change Godfather 3... Knowing that that's where we are in history, 1959, Fidel Castro and Che have just overthrown the Cuban government. Where would you send the story? What would you do? What would your What would your third movie be? Right back to Vegas, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of un- unanswered questions. You're right, a lot of unanswered questions in Vegas for sure. But I want to send this bitch back to New York, where where the where the whole thing started. I want to I want them to regain their speed in New mm-hmm. York because go back to the roots. Yeah, because it's it's very. Known. I mean, it would, it, it's your, very your known. story would lead directly into the Departed because that happened in the eighties. All right, well, that's based on a true story. These are Irishmen I'm talking about the eye ties. So no, but the, this would be the family that's I would like Jack. Nicholson. Well, because they because they drop they name drop the Teamsters in Cuba. I would yeah. take this back to Vegas, like Shasi says, and th- and make the whole story of the third film about Jimmy Hoffa. But or a Jeff- Jimmy Hoffa stand. Isn't Jimmy Hoffa Chicago still alive? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? Chicago? Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Chicago, New York. He okay. was he was like the leader of the Teamsters before he went to yeah, jail. Yeah. Well, and he, he's it's 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 like well known thing that he's like in the pavement of some major highway like ramp. Actually, like <laughs> well, it's funny well, because because it, it's actually it's De Niro ooh. too. So you could just kind of, you know, come home from work and change outfits. The the latest the latest story and the one that that most people recently or most historians recently uh, agree is is the most likely event. Um, there was a guy who was friends with Hoffa. Who very much in Godfather form was like in in the car when Hoffa was picked up, and it was the only reason Hoffa got in the limousine. Um, he says that he was paid a bunch of money to convince Jimmy to get in the car. Uh, Jimmy was shot in the back seat, and then they took the limousine and they took it to a junkyard, and it was immediately compressed, and the metal was sold to Japan to make like Hyundai's or something. <laughs> to make Hyundai's, yeah. You love a good revenge story. You know? <laughs> so I, I think that story would have played so perfectly into the universe that's been built by Coppola and Puzo. It's, it's a good fan theory there to, to, to close out. Yeah, man. Chassie, you got anything on, he on made, the No, he did it. He did it. There's, like, a, right there's there only one pretty, fan theory. It's, it's, so boom. That's there pretty nuts. That's pretty fucking nuts. <laughs> they make Hyundai's. <laughs> that's that's what this guy says and and like historians agree they're like yeah we don't know what happened but he's definitely not under the 30 yard bump he's definitely not in that in that uh 
there, there were no bones or anything found in the concrete where you're in that road. So 92, the, the, Hoffa, yeah. whatever it was, yeah. the Hoffa story was the Irishman, right? See, I never watched the Irishman. But that's Pacino. It's Pacino <laughs> and De Niro, though, is what I'm saying. In in the Irishman, that's Jimmy Hoffa. In, in, I was thinking about that on the way over. No, so no, 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 I've no. Never, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you, boys. We're talking about different movies here. Hold on. No, this, I know. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, talking about I'm saying the Irishman is it has Pacino and De Niro in it, which I have is no not. idea. I was literally on the drive over here. I was like. All right, so in episode one, we said we could never make a three-hour mobster movie. Well, we did, and it was The Irishman. And clearly, half the half the population didn't feel the need to watch it because n- nobody wants to watch a three-hour movie anymore. But we still subjected ourselves to yeah. six and a half hours of The Godfather. That goes to show you how powerful this story is over even something as well-crafted as a Scorsese film. True. We... True. Are, and instantly, we're act- kind of different in that fact. Like we appreciate. Sorry to cut you off there. No, buddy. you're fine. Go ahead. Okay. As far as like putting in the time to recognize art, mm-hmm. like I think what we do here is recognizing art, and and it's a, falls in it's a, a yeah. level of of arrogance meeting self flagellation. Flagellation. <laughs> flagellation. We, we torture ourselves because we consider ourselves consumers of high art, and these are definitely films of high art. And I take uh, I take solace and pride in what we do here. I do too. And I, and, and, sorry to cut you off again, but you this, cut me off. This, this movie. Gentleman here. <laughs> gentleman. Gentleman. A scholar. I know. I guess I'm getting I'm a fuzzy. That's a, the gentleman. That's a different movie. Oh yeah, I know. Maybe it's the wine. Maybe it's the wine. Maybe it's maybe it's the vino wine. very. We're tough. talking about four different Pacino movies. <laughs> That's why I tried to call you guys back, but you're like not having. No, it. I, I was just saying we, he brought up Jimmy Hoffa, and it's like Irishman. It, it's Pacino and it's De Niro mm-hmm. is the two main actors. So I didn't even bother. Like no, I, 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 have to I, watch I could it tell now. you didn't even like that wasn't even part of your thought process. But I'm just saying like mm-hmm. with me just giving notes on production. And That's characters. curious though. That Scorsese thought about it the same way I did. He essentially made Godfather Three the way I would have. That's what. Boom. That's that's interesting. <laughs> Plus, um, among other mobster movies, he's been a part of. Yeah, well, I'm talking about uh, the Irishman in general. Yeah, like or, or it, Irishman specifically, not in general. Like uh, what I described as my Godfather three, my my magnum opus for that for that trilogy. Magnum opus. Is apparently, you were ahead of the Irishman. You were ahead of Scorsese. I'm Can behind I Scorsese. <laughs> I usually already made it first. I usually won't. You just didn't say. I usually won't do this. What is what is what is the magnum opus? What does that mean? I've never heard that term before Uh, in my entire life. It Translates to uh, greatest work. It's like your thesis. It's like your college thesis. (laughs) It translates to greatest greatest work. You never seen Mr. Holland's opus? (laughs) Well, of course, but we are covering that movie. That was a high school thesis. Magnum opus. I was like, magnum opus, greatest work. I get it. I now I get it. I just never heard it. I've never. What's your mo? I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck magnum opus feels like. And I got your mo though. Thank you. For sure. We're third favorite author. We have coming into the same. We haven't all written books. <laughs> God damn. So I had one more question before we close this out. All right. Um, so we have talked off mic about how much we love The Departed, correct? Yes. Or not The Departed. Um, well, that uh, too. Gangs of New York, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Gangs of New York. Um, I'm a Daniel Day-Lewis fan. Yeah. Through. And, and it's a great flick. So Gangs of New York follows basically the same story as Vito's story in this movie. Again, that's a Scorsese film. Which version do you prefer? Vito's story in Godfather 2 or Gangs of New York? 
Uh, kind I, of an oddball I question. Like, all right, so I didn't I, know you're bringing this up. Sorry. I feel like Gangs of New York mm-hmm. is the center point between Scott Pilgrim and Godfather, <laughs> right? Directing fight scenes and yeah. shit. I feel like you can't even. They're apples and oranges. Like as far as story goes, okay. story goes straight up. I like Godfathers. Why? Okay. Because we talked about almking doing a low fidelity production. Yeah. Talking about shit that might not even work on the big screen at, mm-hmm. at that time, right? Yeah. But but the impact is the storytelling of that. You yeah. know, literal shadowing for your, your, mm-hmm. your storytelling, right? Whereas yeah. Gangs of New York, right? Nine out of ten times I'm gonna watch wanna watch that because it's not four hours mm-hmm. and it's action packed. <clears throat> right. You know what I mean? Like the the it's it's I, I I will gravitate towards each movie for different mm-hmm. reasons. Well, I have an I have an opinion. I just want to hear what you guys say first. So we hear- story. I feel like if Gangs of New York didn't have all the fucking things that I loved it for with a directing style, yeah, the story isn't really there. Yeah, where it, here mm-hmm. like you don't need all that. Yeah, a couple bang bangs. You know what I mean? A couple low light shots, and it's and it and it's that's the story for me. Yeah, St- story wise, Godfather. Movie wise, or like go see it on a big screen. Gang- Gangs of New York, you know. Fair, yeah, fair, fair. Fozzie? Fair. yeah. So Gangs of New York, I actually did see in the theaters when it first came out, and it, okay. it, it, it really did blow my mind. He's talking about Bang Bang Theory, which I respect. But what I loved about Gangs of New York is bef- before New York was New York and the five boroughs existed, there was a f- mm-hmm. there was a five point town. Yeah, and yeah. so I really loved the like natural like you know not not it, it was more personal mm-hmm. i think gangs of new york was more personal because it was knives it was right it was hammers it was it ears was and jars very yeah. close <laughs> range yeah. Killing. Ear, yeah, yeah. ears were a, a, a currency, a currency yeah. there you know what i mean like, mm-hmm. that's why i really kind of love that movie and like i said daniel day lewis in that movie is in that movie i don't know if yeah. there's a better actor that i've seen play a part in my entire life that movie Mm-hmm. It's just so visual, mind. yeah. Is and what I'm saying. Story, no, for sure. And, but I mean, story wise too. I mean, we're talking about, um, yeah. we're talking about, uh, 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 God, what's his name? Uh, Leo, Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, and, yeah. he, and he's in front of the show, front of the show, Cameron. Oh, Cameron. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cameron. CD. His yeah. his 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 part in that movie was bow down and worthy, mm-hmm. like that. I agree. That movie was face value perfect for all parties in general, and so yeah. we talk, we go about talk about story mm-hmm. and and and, and storyline and, and 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 picture frames and, and cinematography. I thought that also had all of that, especially yeah. the camera. Work. Oh, it definitely had camera, that. Ha- yeah. camera, and then also the yeah. the, the the music in in that, mm-hmm. yeah. with, like with the heavy chimes and yeah. like. Animalistic drumming mm-hmm. um, for the different the movie was boroughs. Yeah, absolutely. Re- no, I agree with you, and I would I would say I I probably we we probably are of the same mind because the way I look at it is, pardon me. Um, as far as Vito's story in Godfather Three, it's perfect, but realistically, Vito's on screen for an hour. He's on he's on screen for la- for for one third of this film, and the story that he tells would not fill a two-hour movie. And Gangs of New York does that better as a full film and a standalone by itself. However, for the the use of Vito's story juxtaposed against Michael's, 
you it, it does a better job within this film than it does standing alone. Yeah, and that's what I mean as far as storytelling. I'm thinking about yeah. like not just watching mm-hmm. everything besides just watching. Yeah, and like the visual stimulation. And we're talking about a hundred year difference, you know. So Vito comes in yeah. in 1901. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 1901, and this is 100 like hundred years between Godfather and Gangs. And so New it's York. like the, so. Ellis Island was a thing, you know, when yeah, they got yeah. off the boat, they were getting pelted with rocks, this and the other for being Irish and this and the other. Mm-hmm. They were they were like Yeah. Modern day minorities. Yeah. Um, very much so. And, you know, there was there was fire departments and police departments working against each other just to, to have mm-hmm. their own territory as well. Yeah. And I thought the five points of that movie mm-hmm. versus the five boroughs was amazing. And you're, you're, you're not I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off up. a little bit so that we yeah. have we have because we're gonna cover that that story probably next year. Yeah. Um. So I want you I want you to save your good shit. Mm. I just wanted to, I just wanted to see the comparison in your minds between the two. No. Yeah. Awesome. Um. So I'm I'm gonna make an executive decision because I can't. I'm too drunk to keep going. Um. The vino. We should. Yeah. The vino is getting to me. I'm worked up and I'm a little drunk. <laughs> so I'm gonna do some plugs. Plug it out. You can find me, your first favorite bartender, third favorite author, on Twitter at the Price is Right three one two. That's R I G H T. You can find me on Instagram, where we post our set photos and the occasional photo of my beautiful son at the Forgetful Writer three one two. You can find our other projects, articles, podcasts, and eventually video at the underscore Price underscore Is underscore Right dot com. That's W R I T E. Feel free to hit up our Patreon and support us if you're a fan. Uh, that'll be just go on Patreon and look up the Price Is Right again. W R I T E. We have a Teespring store where you can get merch and you can rep your favorite podcast or likely your second favorite podcast because Joe Rogan seems to own the airwaves. <laughs> yeah. Or your favorite podcast <laughs> member of this podcast. M O T M. Yeah, master of the mix. My name is Ro Jogan, and I've been out here working with the best podcast crew ever. We understand that times are tight, and if you cannot financially support us, you can actually help us out in another way. If you go to uh, iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your to your podcast, you can like us, rate us, uh, comment, and subscribe, and that absolutely helps us get in front of more earballs and. You know, puts good content in front of more people. Yeah, that's ultimately that's all we want is more people to hear our stuff. Yeah, so yeah. if you like it, please share. Absolutely. I'm getting really sick of this, Josh. <laughs> Am I forgetting something? Fucking Greg, book, no, dude. hold on. Greg, are you forgetting something? Are nope. you forgetting to tell Josh something? <laughs> nope. I never forget. <laughs> Inception. For being such a smart guy, you really forget about your book. Your I'm the forgetful book. writer three one two. No wonder you're why you're the I re- third favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a young adult fantasy novel called Reaper. It is the first in a series called The Gatekeepers. You can find it on uh, my publisher's website, ZimbleHousePublishing.com. Find it on Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, anywhere online where you buy your books in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. Mm. Eat that shit up. Uh, the first book is great. The second book is going to be even better. And I'm hoping to have that out next year alongside an audiobook. Mm. You know how good he is audibly. 
I got that voice. It's just gonna be me reading it, like. Uh. Maybe, maybe we'll have a table session. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Oh, I would dude, be totally be cool with yeah. that. Yeah, we should yeah. get some people on board for that. Yeah, yeah. It might be cool. Might I'm be down cool. with it. I'm down yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right. Well, Patreons. More shit. Yeah. Patreons, yeah. perk your ears up. Well, we we want to make you guys feel special too. So. Yeah, speaking speaking to our patrons. Before I, I throw this over to to Fozzie Bear, um, we're gonna have some some exclusive content for you guys soon obviously we've got a couple of episodes up there um we have the episode about where my dad robbed a bank and uh i think we're gonna post uh, an episode about the great emu war that's part of our lost episode series that's so good stuff I'm if you're if, if you're down for that uh hit up the patreon um as far as our patrons go steph violet chelsea forrest and Big Z. Oh, we love you we guys. Love you guys. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Thank you guys. Oh, man. That's good. You guys are great. Really enjoy your presence. I can feel you around me. Fozmeister General, where can we find you on the interwebs? On the interwebs, you can find me at the Fozcaster via Twitter. Um, really enjoyed my time with you guys tonight yeah. and, and getting down to a, another classic. Um, yeah. And again, shout out to the big shots on his exit and entry and build it for that oh, intro. Let's that. hope I don't fuck up the exit. And then we're all good. <laughs> you guys can Hit find him. me on Twitter, Shasti Got Bands. Otherwise, just tune in next week. We'll be here. Because Shasti is too humble to say so, all the music you hear on our podcast is produced by the Shastmeister himself. And uh, all those clips you Shasti hear in our intro, he, he cuts those, he mixes them together. The man is really the master of our mix. Shasti got bands. Thanks, guys. Fuck yeah. All right. Best producer in the biz. Take us out. Say goodbye. And you're drinking, uh, what's he drinking? Champagne. Champagne. Champagne cocktails. And you're passing judgment on how I run my thing. Tofamilia.